is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hello and welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. Let me ask you, do you want to make more money in your business? Of course you do. We all do, right? Today's episode is all about how to make more money in your business and how to use that money to control your financial future. My guest is Mike Bruno. And really the best way that I could describe Mike is to say that Mike is a contractor who helps other contractors make more money. And one of the important things that we talk about in this episode is how contractors get into financial trouble by focusing so much on top line rather than focusing on the real number, the real number that matters, the bottom line number, how much money your business makes and puts into your pocket and returns to your stakeholders. So this is an important conversation. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. I've got with us Mike Bruno. Mike, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of my favorite topics, and Mike's also. Uh, one is profit, and two is how profit helps you essentially live your best life. Um, so, Mike, um, before we get started, can you give everybody kind of like, give them your background, kind of w- where you come from and kind of what you're doing now? Give everybody like the one or two minute version of your of your background. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I uh, started uh, my first construction company in 1990. So I'm going on 27 years or so now in the uh, home improvement and light commercial remodeling space. I own Stone Creek Builders in New Jersey, and uh, about two and a half years ago, I also started a small boutique-style real estate development company with a partner. We buy distressed properties, fix them up, and put them back on the market for sale. And several years ago, I also started a company, Contractor Business Solutions, which provides back-end office support, bookkeeping, and profit advisory services for construction professionals. Awesome. And that's what we're really, that's the area we're really going to focus on um, in this episode is the discussion of, of profit. So let's start off with what gets contractors in trouble financially from what you see? The, the majority of what we see um, in the industry um, and from my own story is um, basically we're we're brought up in the industry and we learn about the industry based on a revenue mindset. So we tend to make a lot of decisions and um, create a lot of optimism around the next job, um, the next contract. I can get the next $200,000 job and I can buy the new truck or I can hire the new office employee. And um, in doing that, we increase our overhead substantially, and if we don't get that new contract or the revenue doesn't increase based on a certain level of profit, 
we run into trouble. And how do you fix it? How do you get out of trouble? Um, I think the, the, the main way to get out of trouble is to maintain a consistent profit mindset. So to, to put profit at the forefront of every decision that you make within the company. I love that. Okay, so what's a profit? So how do you develop and maintain a profit mindset? The, uh, the, the easiest way or, or the best way to do it is really to re-engineer the financials of your company or look at your company from an upside down viewpoint. So um, traditionally, a lot of people will look at revenue and whatever's left at the end of the day, at the end of the year, after paying expenses, taxes, whatever else comes out of the, uh, the checkbook every day, that's what's left as profit. And it's, it's really important to define what the business owner wants. And what I mean by that is defining the lifestyle that the business owner needs and wants to maintain their level of success and to be happy and to just maintain freedom in their life and their business. So if they start by identifying what they need and then re-engineer the business to support what they need, all of the, all of the financial metrics will fall into place as they relate to profit. So you need to make sure that every project that you, you, that you sell Every project you take, every decision you make maintains that level of profitability and make sure that your business is giving what you what you need to maintain that success and that business lifestyle. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit and say that all sounds good, Mike, but you don't understand how much competition I have over those jobs. That, that's absolutely um that's a good point. Um, and there's, there's two, two decisions to make when you have that mindset. One is if you clearly define what your business needs and what you deserve to make and what your business deserves to make based on the value that you're providing and the customer experience that you're providing, then you deserve to make that money. That then becomes a value proposition to the client and part of an internal sales process or a sales process of how you define that value for that client. Um, but you're doing first and foremost yourself an injustice by taking jobs at a low profit and not being compensated the way that you should. And if you go out of business a year later or two years later, you're doing the industry and the very client that you gave the discounted price to an injustice. So there, there has to be a hard stop. Um, and, you know, within reason, there is flux in your, your profit, um, your profitability, and there's flux in, in the way that you establish what the profit needs to be. Um, but you need to have a hard stop. You need to decide if I'm going to be in business, I'm in business for what reasons I'm in business because I want to provide my family with a certain amount of benefits. I want to, um, save money for retirement. I want to be, you know, supported in a way that provides me with success. That's my hard stop. So you have to identify the ideal clients that are going to be able to support your goals and go after those ideal clients and not take clients that are going to run you out of business. Leave that to the guys that are not concerned with profit.
what I could tell everybody listening right now is if you just took – it would be kind of funny if, if, if we did this. I'm not doing it, but if we did, if I just take what he just said, what Mike just said over the last two minutes, and I put it onto a continuous loop for the next 20 minutes, um, that's how much I like what he just said and how, how I believe from my experience – my own personal experience and everything that I've seen with the highest achieving and the most successful companies in the industry, everything that Mike just said is absolutely on point. You have to decide why you're in business. You have to decide um, how much – first, how much money do you want to make? How much money do you deserve to make? And then what, are, what value are you going to exchange for that? And then go out and do it and don't settle for anything less. Now, Mike said it a whole lot better than I did. And I would say to everybody, go hit the back button and listen to that whole thing again because it was really good. I, we don't need to go much further than that. We will dig a little deeper into it. But that's a formula for success, for huge success. Um, but Mike, as you and I know, you could spell it out like that, but the practical application of it is hard for a lot of people. You know, we do have these preconceived notions. We do have these limiting beliefs. We have these old thought patterns that mess with us. So let me ask you this. So somebody that's listening and says, you know, they, they want to make more money. They want to have more of a profit mindset. They want to do more for their family. What is the best – I mean what would you suggest as the number one place to start, to do one thing? The number one place – the one thing would be to define exactly what you want, period. Yeah. So how do you do that? Let's break that down. How do you do that? How do you define what you want? I know it's kind of a weird question, but I think a lot of people struggle with defining what they really want. Well, I think, um, I mean, you're absolutely right because, because we can say, well, I want to be, you know, I want to make $5 million a year. And if you're a half a million dollar company, you're not going to take home $5 million a year. So I think we need to be realistic in our, in our goal setting, but start with number one would be what do you need to bring home to your family to support yourself, your kids, your wife, whatever it may be. That's a number one. Now, what do you need to have on top of that? So your, your break even dead stop to pay for your bills, to live, to have a roof, you know, the shelter, food, just the general basics of life. Now you need to project what should you be saving? So if you're not maintaining six months worth of bills in the bank, that's a target. If you don't have retirement, that's a target and establishing what a realistic number is. Then you take that and throw another 10 or 20% on top of it. So there's my goal. If I have a goal of I want to make $10,000 a month because $10,000 a month is going to give me $5,000 towards my home bills and $2,000 into savings and another $2,000 in retirement and $1,000 that's extra, that's, that's a realistic goal. Now, if you have five years from now, I want to be making $40,000 a year, then progressively over the years, you have to have a plan in place maintained solely by profitability to get you to those goals. 
it's not an easy it's not an easy exercise it's definitely not an easy exercise and i and i think um in my own experience when i started my first company in the early 90s well in 1990 um the way that i learned was by reading books and and reading industry magazines and there's something that that always um stuck in the back of my mind through 20 i mean even 27 years because it's still in my mind now because i talk about it but I remember reading my first book about remodeling and in the book, it had a business structure and it said, if you're doing 500,000 to a million, your business should look like this. You should have an office manager and maybe two carpenters and a salesperson. And if you're doing 1 million to 2 million, you should have this type of structure. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're fed that revenue is fantastic, but it only means something if you're profitable. So from, from day one, you either have the business owner who got into the construction business that has read all of the stuff that's out there that's relating to revenue and revenue and revenue, and I need to have a big company, and I need to have trucks, and I need to look pretty, and everything needs to be presented the right way, and I need all this stuff and stuff and stuff. Or you have the guys who are tradespeople that have a compartmentalized way of thinking of, I need to make 250 bucks a day. And when they start their own businesses, you either have, I want to be the flashy business and I need to have all this stuff because the more I have, the better I'm going to be. Or you have, if I'm making a thousand bucks a week, it's more than I was making working for the guy. So I'm okay with that. And the, 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 it has to be a mindset shift from understanding exactly why you're in business. If, if you're in business to lose money, if you're in business to make less than average wages, if you're in, in business to work seven days a week and have no family life, you're in business for the wrong reason. Right. You should just go work for somebody and be, and be a productive part of building their business. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. But if you want to be in business, you have to understand why you're in business. So first and foremost, we're, we're in business to provide the best customer experience that we can possibly provide and to maintain a good reputation while supporting our lifestyle goals and giving us profit and, and rewarding us for working so hard. So, you know, it, it's the, the, the change in the mindset is um, more important than the, the, the numbers. You have to start with understanding who I am, and you know the why what's the why yeah. why am i in business why do i want to stay in business why am i doing this and if you could identify those you know identify the answers to those questions then you can put a system in place to get you there you know as you're as you're saying that i'm thinking about i went all the way back to to when i started and it's funny you know when i first started it was all about how how many trucks can I get? I started in the carpet cleaning business, carpet cleaning and dyeing business. And it was like, yeah, it was how many trucks can I get? And then we started and then, you know, and then we added, we got up to uh, in that business, we were at four or five. And then um, I bought uh, another business where we did a bathroom model and bathroom finishing is how we started. And then we added another five or six trucks with that business. 
And it was it there was so much focus on revenue, revenue is how do we just get more revenue? And if we make enough, if we sell enough, there's got to be money left over here somewhere. And I did well, but I didn't have that. I didn't have that focus like I do today where it's I, you know, it's funny. I I spoke with Mike about Mike McCallowitz about this. He was at our accelerate event in February and he spoke and I said to him, I said, you know, these guys are so focused on revenue. You're absolutely right. They come into these events and they talk about, well, you know, they're proud. They throw it around. I do 5 million. I do 11 million. I do 20 million. Do you know that I talked to a guy last week, a, a client, they do $10 million a year. And they couldn't give me the simplest sales conversion number. Like they did, they don't understand their numbers, but it's like, hey, he did 10 million. I met this other guy that does 15, $15 million a year, makes $500,000. At first, he told me that. Because I was, he was at an event and I was speaking and I was talking all about this. I was talking all about profit, and I said, "Are you out of your mind? Five hundred, fifteen million dollars, and you're and you're okay with five hundred thousand dollars?" And he's all about the top line and not so much about about the bottom line. You're so right with that. That was a big shift actually for me, and I would imagine for you too. Is that I stopped looking so much the top line. Okay, the top line's a top line. I mean, if you look at our business's top line, it's not all that impressive. But when you look at our bottom line, it's pretty damn impressive. And a lot of companies would have to do, you know, probably 10 times what we do in revenue to sure. make the profit numbers that we do. But it's because we got focused on everything that you're talking about. So why are we doing this? What do we want to get out of it? And knowing exactly what our numbers are and how are we going to get to the profit that we deserve or that we want in order to live the lifestyle that we want. Exactly. Yeah. So you're dead. You're, I mean, just dead on. So I, I got to ask, it. go ahead. I was going to say additionally, um, you know, what, what what we see and tends to happen is that as you're building this top line heavy revenue business with all the trucks and all the people in the office and the flashy stuff, um, you know, that that's what it, it's it, you get caught on a hamster wheel of now having to feed that monster. Right. So, you know, it's it, it, it's you constantly have to jam revenue down the throat of that business because it needs all of that revenue in order to pay bills. And that's where it gets really tricky because it's about cash flow management, but it's about profitable cash flow management. And when you when you're taking a forty or fifty thousand dollar deposit from Mrs. Jones's house to start something, and you're using it because you have five truck payments that you need to make that month, that's not responsible. And and that tends to be the, the cause and effect of a, a very heavy revenue business, not enough profit, and then you're just constantly on that cash cash wheel of I need cash, I need cash, I need cash, 
And when the cache stops for some reason, there's a slowdown, there's a weather delay, there's permit delays, then everybody starts going into debt because the, they weren't responsible. From the, from, so. Exactly. It happened to me. It happened to me in, yep. in, uh, in uh, the 2000s, 10 years ago. Um, no, more than 10 years, 15 years ago. I had a company. We were growing. We were growing fast, fast. We were franchising. But it got to the point where we had no cash. And so I had to keep borrowing money to keep this thing going. I didn't stop to ask myself the first time I dipped into and went into debt, if I had somebody like you that would have said, hey, uh, wait a minute, buddy. Why would you go into debt when you can't even pull cash out of what you're doing? I mean, it makes absolutely zero sense. If you can't make money on this amount, what makes you think putting debt into it or more cash into it is going to help you make more? And I think that's that's exactly. what, I know it happened to me, and I'm sure it happens to a lot of people. You probably you probably see it all the time. Yeah, and it, it happened to me, which is why. Um, I, I adopted Profit First in my own business several years ago um, because I was I was used to staring at a typical P&L statement. So I was I was used to staring at revenue and net profit. And you know it, it's kind of ironic how you know you think you're real smart when you learn how to to read a P&L, right? So for a lot of business owners, don't even look at some of that stuff in the beginning. Yeah. Then you start to learn, okay, I need to be a little bit more financially responsible. So let me look at my P&L statement and my balance sheet. So we ask our bookkeeper or our accountant to send it over to us. And we look at it at the end of the month and we say, okay, well, I'm doing pretty good. Or maybe I'm not doing so good, but it, it's a very unclear picture because if you get a lot of accounts receivables or a lot of deposits right before the P&L statement is printed, your net profit could be showing at 18%. Yeah. The next day you can run your checks and do all your accounts receivable and you could be a negative 8% profit. Yeah. Right. So, so what I find in talking to so many business owners is that there's zero clarity. They, they, they look at the P and L statements. Yeah. I get them every month and they don't really mean anything because it's not really giving me a clear picture. Cause all I know is I don't have any money in the bank. Right. And that's because they're, they're not focused on all of the metrics, the key performance indicators, all around profitability and looking at everything on a, on a more um, definitive and, you know, um, minute basis. You, you really need to drill down to what all these numbers mean and have real-time data. Once you have all that stuff, the clarity begins, begins to open up. And when you have clarity, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have stress or anxiety. Sometimes we find that first 30, 60 days that we're working with a client, they have more anxiety than when they started with us because now they see how much money they're losing. Yeah. But we, what we have to do is turn that into now opportunity, opportunity to make the mind shift change, opportunity to make the decisions moving forward that are not going to continue that same exact, you know, do, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, what got you I mean, you kind of just answered it, but what got you I mean, not only did you adopt the profit first mentality and mindset, but man, you went one step further and you, you actually started a business that helps other contractors with th these these profitability issues. Um, when did you tell me, when did Contractor Business Solutions start again? I'm sorry. 
We started it two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, um, and when we first we first started it, our basis was back-end office support and bookkeeping for construction and service professionals. And that was out of my own team of dealing with so many subcontractors um, that just never had their paperwork together. So they're either not invoicing at us, us at all, or they're sending change orders a month after the job's done, or we don't understand the paperwork. So I saw a real gap in the industry for just providing proper paperwork. So it's garbage in, garbage out. You need to be on an accounting platform, you need to be structured correctly, and you need to have good information coming in and good information coming out. And um, a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine who owns a technology company, a technology consulting company, adopted Profit First into his business. Uh, we went out to lunch and he said, you have to read this book, Profit First. So I, I purchased the book, devoured it in you know, maybe a day and a half. And I said, you know, this is the missing piece. This is exactly what I've been missing in my own business because it forces you to really analyze the expenses, look at what the profit of the business should be, look at what my owner's pay should be, look at what I need to have to pay the, the taxes, and this is what's left. This is what I have left to run my business. And if that number is not enough, something's wrong. What's wrong? And then you drill down into all the minutia and the details. So as I adopted it into my business, we added it on to our services that we were already offering um, and then just started rolling it out nationwide to remodelers and replacement contractors and service companies, roofers, pool companies, you name it. Do you have, do you have, I'm sure you got a lot of them, but off the top of your head, can you think of just a quick, short little story of somebody that you've worked with and kind of where they were and kind of what was going on? Don't mention their name, but it would be great if you know the numbers to kind of mention their numbers and, and, and talk about kind of where they started and then, and where they ended up. Sure. Um, one particular client that we're working with um, has two construction companies um, in two different states. And when they came to us, they came to us um, through Profit First. So we started off with a uh, Profit First assessment, kind of digging into their books to see where they were. And in the process of doing that, we realized that the books were just a complete mess. So all of the, the, the history, the transaction history, the way they were accounting for money, payables, receivables, everything was completely mishmashed. They had um, several credit cards that they had uh, very high debt balances on in order to support the companies. They had a line of credit. Um, so the first thing that we did was we identified. Mike, um, quick, what was their sales volume? What was the sales volume? Um, first company is about 750,000. Okay. Second company was, uh, about 1.1 million. Okay. So almost 2 million combined. 2 million combined losing okay. money. Um, owners not taking salary. Okay. Um, supported by the spouse's salary. Um, so just not a very good overall picture, fantastic reputation, fantastic website, fantastic, everything else. Um, just not a profitable company. So it took us, uh, several months to get their books aligned, 
um, organize things in a fashion that we could actually start making some decision and put some goals into place. And um, I got to tell you, the real feel-good thing was um, over the course of the next six months, they actually reduced their revenue by 500000 paid off the credit cards, <laughs> reduced the line of credit, and refinanced the line of credit. And the owner started taking uh, about 5500 a month in salary. And all of the jobs that he's selling now are at a higher profit margin that supports what his lifestyle goals are and supports what he wants out of those businesses. The reason, the reason, by the way, for those of you listening, the reason I wanted him to share a story is so that you, the listener, know this is very doable. You can do this, but it's not easy, but it's not easy. You know, you got to make some tough choices. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you, you know, what's funny you say you said about the the dropping the 500,000 in revenue. Um, I had a meeting with a client real quick. I had a meeting with a client in January and we talked about their um, 2016 uh, results and where they wanted to be in 2017. And uh, in 2016, I don't exactly remember the numbers now, but I think they did like 2.2 or 2.4 million. They made 5%. I made, I, and I was just like, 5%? Um, wow. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, what's your goal for, for this year? It's 3.4. So you wanted to add a million dollars in revenue. And I said, okay, well, what's your profit goal? 5%. I said, wait a minute. Um, I don't know about it. It'll be interesting to get your take on this. What is the minimum, the minimum acceptable net profit for a contractor in your in your mind? I would say absolute minimum is 10 percent. OK, that's exactly what I think it is, too. It's absolute minimum to me is 10 percent. So that's what I said to him. I said, well, why don't you instead of trying to add a million dollars in revenue? next year. I said, instead, why don't you do the same level of revenue, increase it by only, I think it was at 2.2. I said, why don't you do 2.5 million, but at a 10% bottom line net profit. I said, you'll make more money on 2.5 million than you would on your 3.4. And it was really hard it was really, it was a guy. Um, it was really hard for him to like buy into that because he was so mm -hmm. focused on that, that top end number. And um, somebody that works with him very close to him that was on that call with us said, Brian, I've been trying to get him to do this for the last two years. I'm so glad somebody else, he heard it from somebody else. Um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, that's interesting. So yeah, that's a great, good story. Yeah, and I think the other the other thing to keep in mind in in, in um, exactly what you said, you're you're 100 percent on point. But it's also important to look at the percentage that should be the owner's compensation. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, it, what is the owner's compensation at two million or three point four million, and and additionally maintaining a 10 percent net profit. Right. right. So if you're if you're doing two point four million and you're taking home one hundred and fifty thousand. 
right? And you're doing 3.4 million, then is it 225,000 that you're taking home and still maintaining 10? Yeah. Or, you know, so, so there's, there needs to be that focus also on profit owner's pay. So if the owner's pay is 8% of revenue, right, which is a really good sweet spot to be at, well, 8% of 3 million, you know, is 200 and something thousand, right, which is a good number, Um, and to maintain another 10% profit in the bank, right, that's 300,000 that's sitting in the bank at the end after everything's paid, after the owner also made his 280,000. Yeah. Yeah. 240,000. Mike, it's almost like, would you rather at the end of the year, go and brag to your friends that you did $4 million in revenue, or would you rather get to the end of the year and go home to your wife and your family and say, can you believe it? We have $300,000 in the bank just from this year. I mean, I would much rather, to me, uh, crap about going and bragging to people about how much revenue I did. I'd rather go home to my wife and kids and say, Hey, guess what? You know, we're buying a better house or we're, you know, we just, you know, we invested in a, in a, in a property or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the key, right? It's being able to even just get home with your wife and kids. Right. I mean, that's, that's the importance there too. You know, maybe you don't need to make 200,000 a year. Maybe it's less. Yeah. Right. And then to have that extra chunk of change. So, I mean, really, it's it's about defining those goals and you see it all the time. I mean, there's people running around right now, like Mike McCallowitz talks about, you know, 20, 30 million dollar companies that if they can't borrow the next round of money, they're out of business. You know, and these guys are mortgaged to the hilt and then dead up to their eyeballs and they don't have any money and they're running around seven days a week. I mean, that to me sounds like a complete nightmare. You know, that's it's, it's not a. It's, it's not not a smart way of doing business. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like any fun either. Got no. We got to have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. So look, we are we're up against the clock, Mike, and uh, we could keep going. Um, for everybody listening, um, this um, it's early, and we haven't really announced it yet. But for those of you that are at the end of this podcast episode and still listening to me and Mike. Mike is going to be one of the speakers at Accelerate Live 2018, which is our big annual event. It's going to be in South Florida. It's going to be February 7th and 8th. Um, there's not much information out there right now, but if you want to just kind of um, mark it on your calendar and save the date. Uh, but I think Mike, what Mike does is so important that um, he's just, he's got to be there and he's got, we're going to do a kind of a workshop inside of the, 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 the event um, using some of Mike's tools and some of the profit first tools. Um, It's, it's going to be really great. Um, Mike, we'll put into the show notes, how people can get a hold of your, uh, a hold of your company. I would imagine if they reach out to you that, um, they don't have to buy anything first. They could have a conversation with somebody first just to learn a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we could run uh, any company through a free profit first assessment, um, do a high level analysis and uh, 
Absolutely. You can reach out to us at any time and, and that's, um, be and more that, than, more and than that's happy to help. Charge. What's that? That's at no charge, no obligation. Correct. Cool. Why don't you, um, I'll put it again, I'll put it into the show notes, but you want to give out the website or a phone number for that? Sure. So the, uh, the website is www.contractorbusiness-solutions.com and, uh, and or you could email me mbruno at contractorbusiness-solutions.com. Cool. Well, Mike, I, um, I really appreciate you uh, being on the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. I would imagine you will be back because there's a lot more to talk about. And for everybody listening, again, I think the focus of your business needs to be about profit. And how do you come up with, you know, what, determine why you're in business in the first place? Why, you know, what's important to you? Um, is it, you know, time, time with your family? Is it, you know, financial security? Is it about relationships, people that, you know, you hang out with? Is there some higher purpose um, that you want for your life? Whatever it is, you deserve it. Use your business as the vehicle that gets you to living your best life. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with uh, G4 Marketing. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305 305- 856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group.